Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. This week, we're going to talk about someone who people say, and this is true for most people, it's like it's the best of times, it's the worst of times. People have said wonderful things about, and people have said horrible things about. But I tend to believe most of the horrible things, you know, we'll yeah. get through it. I think they're all mostly true and cannot actually be blamed on his current condition. But Bruce Willis is a movie star. He's an icon. He is he is a generation's Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, he's a movie star. Well, I think that's, I mean, I think that's I, a fair I, thing I mean to it say. In the best compliment ever. He is an Chad's right. He's iconoclast. He's an icon. Well, I was going to say, I think he is, he, I, and I like the parallel to Humphrey Bogart. 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 He didn't do shit for Bogart's career. Um, but Humphrey Bogart, because I think, and no offense meant to Bruce Willis, because Bruce, if you happen to see this, A, I'll be shocked, but B, I look like this. So you're one up on me, sir. That being said, Bruce Willis is not exactly what you would consider to most people leading man attractive like he's not cary grant he's not but there is something about him well that neither works was bogart school. that's what i'm saying that's why yeah. i like the parallel to bogart i think it works because bogart was both bogat bogey bogey he was not exactly uh you know a, a sex appeal was not bogart's main thing he was just so good at what he did i mean i don't he just ran I, with it and i honestly don't think and especially true with Humphrey Bogart, I can't think of anybody, especially in recent history, who whose char- charisma just bled onto the screen. I mean, that yeah. is Bruce Willis to a T. He is a uh, he is a talented actor, but the charisma alone is what made you watch and, every movie. To me, he and in. he and George, I, I think George Clooney bleeds charisma, but mm-hmm. it may just be for me. I may just have a crush on Clooney. I don't know, like a man crush, but. I well, no, I, I like I like I, I'm, I'm I like Clooney as well, but yeah, Bruce Willis does have a Bruce Willis is a little bit more above that. Well, Clooney talks. Yes, Bruce doesn't have to say a word. Mm-mm. He just gives right? you the stare. Yeah, just the stare. And it's and Kevin Smith tells many great stories about him, and they're not they're good stories to hear. They're unfortunate, but probably all true, of him taking the script to go. I'm not going to say that 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 and then just doing whatever it is he does and he can get away with it well there's other actors who do denzel washington i believe is another prime example i think uh, i don't know the story but i can't remember i'm not going to get it correctly but there was a director i don't even know what movie it was but he was trying to really direct denzel yeah and at the time denzel just looked at him and said like 43 and walked away 43 was the number of movies he had been in yeah and I, mean, I mean, that's that's it's Bruce Willis gets a lot of crap for doing that, but that's just Hollywood, in my opinion. Yeah, actors. I mean, and you you have to have a huge ego to make it that far anyway. But that exactly. being said, there's probably a lot to be said about he probably has done 43 movies. He probably does know a little something about what he needs to do and what he doesn't need to do. Yeah. Well, there, there's also the well, I, we've talked about this before. now, man. No, we've talked about this before though. To do 43, you have to be really good, mm-hmm. really easy to work with, or really cheap, or some mixture. Or of some those. combination of both, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some combination of those three factors. You're good. Well, probably you're not cheap. easy to work with, so let's yeah. say he's really good, because they we know they weren't cheap. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But we, by the way, Hollywood, if you're looking, we, by the way, would Are be cheap? relatively easy to work with 
and we are really cheap. We are dime store hooker cheap. I don't know what scale is, but you don't tell. Well, the union, I usually we, just break them. Yeah, we. You don't tell the union. We won't. We'll go a little bit below that. Yes. Yes, that's right. We've all got jobs. We just need a side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need. To, we don't need to need to make a full living. We just need to be on IMDb. So, Bruce, I thought was born in New Jersey. He was raised in New Jersey. He was actually born in West Germany. His, uh, his dad was in the army, was a soldier, and his mother would later be, um, she worked as a secretary in a factory where his dad was a master mechanic and a welder. And he was actually, his hometown of Carney's Point, New Jersey is where his father was from. And he's talked about oftentimes, and he does bring this across on the screen, even though he's not that, uh, blue collar. Yeah. Yeah. And he says he's from generations of blue collar. And he does bring it across the stream, but... I, I think of Edward Norton talking about during his roast that they did a few years ago and Edward Norton talking about, you know, him wearing a, not Edward Norton, but Bruce Willis wearing the stupid Trump hat. And then what's that movie they did with Wes Anderson that Bruce Willis, and Bruce is good in it, by the way. Moon Knight, Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom about them all being low budget. Uh, Wes renting a house. They're all staying in the same house. Edward Norton, all these other great actors. And Bruce has written, has written, has, uh, Bruce has rented a huge estate across from them and is staying there. It's probably costing more money than he's actually making for the movie. And Wes coming to Edward Norton going, I just don't know if, if Bruce is in on this with the rest of this with us. <laughs> and he's still, and then Edward Norton going, and he still outperforms us. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of, the, one of the highlights of that film. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I remember Bruce because he's funny in it. Yeah. It's so, not I, one of Wes Anderson's best films, in my opinion. Oh, oh man, that's a topic for another episode. I know but, it is but a do topic. You think, do they're you all think, interesting, but they're not all good. Do you think that's actually part of the 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 appeal of Bruce Willis is that when he does comedy well, he does it well. When he does action well, he does it well. Now we're not saying all his comedies are great. We're not saying all his action films are great, but when they are great, they're great. I Bruce Willis. I think is above any kind of approach or argument as far as saying back to what Chad said, icon or iconoclast. Uh, yeah. He is just a movie star to me. That's what a movie star is or one yeah, and, of, and, and we'll he's get probably one of the last. Yeah. And we'll get into it where he, he, there's a movie that he did. We'll talk about, I guess we could talk about it now. There's Armageddon. Mm -hmm. like a, a cheese ball film it's yes. a, it's michael bay listen chad i don't want to miss a thing yeah because i don't want to look away star studded even class. when i close my eyes stark studded cast um mark studded stast yeah, <laughs> yeah that too which, which you know in case of anybody in that movie could have carried that film but it suffers from the fact that it's a michael bay film uh, it's but no space cowboys i will say i will say uh, in the late space 90s cowboys it, is more fun yes when it came out in the late 90s though i was in love with this film it, i was um i'm not gonna i'm not, not gonna badmouth armageddon but what it's saves good. that movie is bruce willis's bruce willis's performance it's it's great yeah, and that whole closing speech um at the end is a tearjerker and bruce willis would deliver that in a corny cheeseball film about 
oil oil drillers going up in outer space to destroy an outer asteroid that's going to crash into Earth and kill it. Now, I'll be honest with you, Chad. I agree. Bruce Willis is, I don't remember the speech, though. I only remember the joy of Steve Buscemi. Right. Same thing with Space madness. No, did the entire dialogue of, yep, lowest possible bidder. Wrap it. That's what I remember. My favorite part of Con Air. No, yeah. no. Steve Buscemi is one of those people that if I, if you told me I could get one actor, <laughs> let's do a Steve Buscemi episode. Yeah, we should. We're going to do a Steve Buscemi episode. We yeah, have. To. He's one of our favorite actors. I love yeah, so let's Buscemi. let's skip that and talk about Bruce Willis. <laughs> so, Bruce, hello, fellow youths. <laughs> before we start going through all this, I want to give you a little history. He had a stutter, and his nickname in school was Buck Buck. And he joined the drama club, which actually found that acting on stage helped his stutter quite a bit. He was actually elected president of the student council. And he worked at a nuclear plant after he graduated. And after a while, he decided to do the drama program at Montclair State University. And after, after that, he grew was- that third arm. He's like, figure that for I gotta go. Well, in 77, he just went ahead and said, screw it. I'm moving to New York City where he supported himself. He was because he's a good looking dude. And at yeah. Manhattan art bar called Kamikaze so, while he well, lived in Hell's Kitchen. Real quick. So you're telling me that Bruce Willis had a stutter. So what you're telling me is that Bruce Willis is Hollywood's Mel Tillis. I am not saying that in any way, shape or form. So but. Who is because Hollywood? Who would you say? Mel Tillis is Hollywood. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that. One. So his big breakthrough was a little show that ran for five seasons with him and Civil Shepherd. I didn't realize, for some odd reason, in my head, he was kind of an established actor before that, but he wasn't. The only thing I, I guess, he had been on was he's in. He's in the Twilight Zone, the first couple of episodes from the 80s Twilight Zone. And yeah. one of and he's in the one that's written by one of James's favorite authors, James. You, it's called Shatterday. And who wrote Shatterday? Based on a Harlan Allison story, conveniently called Shatterday. 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 And the episode didn't involve Bruce Willis eating a bad taco. No, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is really good by the way go back and watch it it's it holds up pretty well yeah it, it's uh, a pretty good episode and bruce willis is really good in it so he moonlighting I, one of three thousand he got that part and sybil shepherd in an interview later at wondered what was so why and she goes he's pretty good looking <laughs> by the way if y'all for those of our listeners that haven't seen moonlighting um you can't. It's, there was a whole article about the other day. It's, it's not it's available a, for streaming. It's a rich man's Remington Steel. Anybody? I think rich Anybody? Remington Steel is the rich, man's rich man's Remington Steel. I <laughs> yeah. love Remington Steel with Pierce Brosnan. Hey, everybody loved Remington Steel with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, well, Moonlighting, um, Moonlighting was one of those shows that I really liked as a kid, but I never got to watch. It was like a rarity for me to actually see an because episode. Because it was up at late. It was on at 10 yeah. o'clock, wasn't it? It was too late for us to watch. I Yeah. It was on at the hour saying my mom thought he was handsome. My mom was into Bruce Willis. I think most people's moms were into Bruce Willis. I've got a question, Joe, and I don't mean to. Is this shame. about my mom being a whore? I don't mean to shame anybody, but is there anybody that, I mean, right, right off the top, you said Pierce Brosnan, Bruce Willis. I know. Who Elvis. wasn't she into? Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. 
Well, <laughs> the allegedly, thing is, is none of my family is ever going to listen to this. So there you go. Allegedly, at least once. But then again, according to allegedly, the other, I don't know. I look a lot like him, James. Hold on. <laughs> according to the according to the other source, is it Ray Coots that you're related yes. to? <laughs> Somebody as a relative of Ray Coots is going to listen to this. I'm going to get sued, and I'm going to need your attorney in Mississippi. No, it is all alleged. Alleged. We did not say that alleged. was alleged. You don't know that to be true or no. untrue. <laughs> Let's get back and, to moonlighting and, and get off my mom. Well, somebody Ooh. should. <laughs> oh, she's getting older. You're going to break rib. So moonlighting ran for five seasons. Rapids. I didn't realize for some odd reason in my head, it didn't run that long. And yeah, I don't. The, yeah. 66 episodes. So it's not a lot episodes it is said it ran for five seasons that's not five seasons that's not wrong that, that, that's information's wrong i would have thought there were more than 66 episodes uh no it's five it's five seasons and it was 66 episodes yeah huh well i the, wonder the, they why... i, I will need to look uh we didn't look that much into it it might have been like one of those mid-season shows it could have been uh you know honestly a lot of stuff from moonlighting the behind the scenes stuff is almost uh, the fighting between him and Sybil Shepherd. it's almost as famous as the show, as show. yeah it's like um yeah it's like cheers with Ted Danson and uh, Shelley Long I mean yeah it's it's mostly it's mostly known for that yeah and by the yeah. way it was it was created by a guy named Glenn Gordon Karen and James do you know what he co-produced and wrote on no Remington <laughs> <laughs> well I, I did not know that when I made that crack, but I once again, <laughs> a rich man's Remington Steel. Remington Steel, bud. He wrote on Remington Steel. He also created Moonlighting and Medium. Oh, I never watched Medium, medium. but yeah. I watched Medium. Now, Medium was a rich man's uh, Ghost Stop Whisper. It. Stop it. It was a rich man's Ghost Whisper. It's more nuanced than Ghost Whisper. Ghost Whisper, as <laughs> Family Guy pointed out, had two things going for it what i'm not gonna actually tell you what the two things are if you haven't figured them out yet oh <laughs> yeah no i know what they are i'm sorry i was looking up his imdb all right all right chad somebody talk i'm done talking i've got us through moonlighting does anybody yeah, know his first movie i thought it was was it die hard or was no, it not, not even close do you want me to tell you what because i thought i thought he was in i thought he was in moonlighting he did a commercial and then he they wanted him to do die hard from enough, he made four million dollars off those seagram's commercials and you know why he quit doing them why he stopped drinking Oh. I know. No, a guy named Blake Edwards. You know who Blake oh, Edwards is? Oh God, I forgot about made yeah. a movie that my mom loved. <laughs> Sorry, called Blind Date. Date. Yeah. It's about a workaholic who needs a date for a dinner with a new important clientele, but his brother sets him up with a could lead a could lead to disaster. It's Kim Basinger and Bruce Willis. It's actually a fun movie, but I haven't seen it in thirty years. It's also good. So John what you're Hart saying? So it. so Blind Date is a rich man's after hours. <laughs> No, oh no, after hours is a rich man's after hours. And during this time, he also had a successful recording career. Yeah. He Which, played uh, a guy named Bruno and they did did these songs. Oh, Bruno. And they made the a documentary about it to call The Return of Bruno. That's what the, it's a the album. My brother owns the album, the LP. It was a record, mm -hmm. The Return of Bruno. Uh, and if you if you've never seen it, I do recommend it. It's 
I'm not going to knock his performance because he is he, he's Hollywood, right? It's like it's like um, mm-hmm. Gleason, Jackie Gleason performing. Jackie Gleason did four records that I know of. I've got one of them framed on my wall over here. Jackie yep. Gleason was an actor, but he sang these little lounge tunes. Well, if you get a chance, do watch it. Um, you can watch because they did a video special. I think it was on MTV. Mm-hmm. No, it's a mockumentary. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of he, per- he performs with the Supremes under the boardwalk. Yeah. Or not the Supremes. I'm forgetting who. But under the boardwalk with them. Pointer and the sisters, guys. Um, I never said anything. The Pointer Sisters. And put me in on James's kerfuffle. The, it's not the Pointer Sisters that he performs with in the video because it's four guys, so that would be odd. But anyway. They um, call themselves they and them. Go. But anyway, you can watch the video online, him performing under the boardwalk. And the problem is his performance isn't bad. But when you have rock stars backing you up that did the song back in their heyday, you're going to lose out because it's automatically like, yeah, he's good. But then they they do the under the board one. You're like, Oh God, they're better. Can they do Can they take it? And that's not an insult to Bruce Willis. Obviously he got an album out of it and people do enjoy it. And it got music videos and all that stuff. He's ahead of me, but yes, if you, if you can find it, uh, you can YouTube his music videos. Uh, he's not as good as Tim Curry's music videos, but he, so- he yeah. The next movie he did actually was with Blake Edwards again, and it's actually a movie I've never seen. Have you either? Neither. Ever, so no, I've never seen one, Sunset. So yeah. The, by the way, I, I'm I'm beating myself up for saying Die Hard was his first film, and I forgot about Blind Date and Sunset. And I have never Sunset is one of those. I thought Sunset came later. I've too. always I've always wanted to see Sunset, and I never have. It's on Tubi. Yeah, I'll have to check it out then. It's on Tubi, and it's Bruce Willis and James Garner. It takes place in the 20s, and he plays Tom Mix, and Gardner plays Wyatt Earp, and they team up to solve a mystery because, of course, they would. Yeah, uh, but, uh, and it has, an, it has a very impressive cast. It on does. It. it has a lot of great character actors, including Malcolm McDowell and uh, Andreas Katsoulis. Yeah. The, the whole time he's doing this, he's still doing Moonlining, and then there's Die Hard. And it came out the same year in 88. Yeah. And we both, when we were doing 88, we realized that Die Hard actually came out late that summer. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. And it was slow released and built up over time. Because you think of Die Hard as a Christmas movie, but it didn't come out at Christmas. <sighs> so, Tarantino said it. I know other critics have said it. And a lot of people think, not only is Die Hard maybe the best action film, a lot of people think maybe it's the best movie of the 80s. Ooh, that's a hard argument to make. But the, I mean, it's what's up. Have they there. not seen Star Trek Four? Well, if they saw Star Trek Two, they would forget about Four. Stupid whales! I, I will definitely Save say, yourself, bitches. It it's it, that's a hard argument to to swim to away put from out. They're okay. saying that Die Hard is the best movie of the eighties. But I, I will mean, say there's some people who say I've heard Tarantino say that maybe you know that as far as he always shits on the eighties, but that the eighties did produce one American classic, and it's Die Hard. Yeah, I didn't do Ghostbusters or anything. Or well, Ghostbusters is our favorite movie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Die Hard's pretty damn good. Yeah, no, it, but Die Hard. Die Hard yeah. is definitely in the top five all-time best '80s films. I don't know if it's number one. I would. I again, don't either. It falls into that category of 
Chad, li- uh, we all talk about this. Chad, list your fa- five favorite movies of all time. I can't, I, I can come up with a list of movies that I really love, but you know, there are so many. I just, it's so hard to narrow it down, but yeah. I will tell you the die hard with age has gotten is never dropped in my opinion. No, I can watch it right now and it holds up and works. Like yeah, no, and there are, it is a Swiss watch. It works so well. There are movies that we loved who don't arguably hold up. don't hold up. Uh, we've talked about this. I don't agree with Joe on how much he hates it now, but I still love Goonies. But yeah, it does not I don't hate up. it. It's just incredibly flawed and boring. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree with that comment at all. It's, but I agree with so, Joe that so that if, if, if you sit there oh. and said J- Chad Goonies best movie of the eighties, you are wrong. It's nowhere near close. It's just entertaining from a from a a a respect. A, 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 it has good just scenes. remembering your childhood. Uh, real yeah, quick God, question. Is terribly there's plot holes everywhere can we agree though can we agree though that goonies is the best movie with a cindy lopner uh closing song no No. vibes (laughs) sorry i don't know if vibes actually it has actual cindy lopper in it i don't know if it has a closing song Oh, the vibes. Yeah, that's uh, that's with Jeff Goldblum, right? That's with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't. I, I don't know. Without knowing every movie that has a Cindy Lauper uh, song in it, I would say probably not. <laughs> it was on the other day, and I yeah. uh, we we play a, a game in the truck of Hey, buddy, tell me what what movie this the best use of this song is in a movie. Yeah. He, he never gets it right. Yeah. So, so anyway, die, die back, back to the heart. I, I mean, yeah, we've talked about it so many times. I don't see the point. Of there's no point in it, but yeah, it is a perfect action film. It, yeah, it's the perfect '80s action film. It is mm-hmm. the best. Eight, would you say it's the best '80s action film? Yeah, it's oh. definitely. Uh, it's does it surpass? I think it surpasses Lethal Weapon. I think it surpasses. Yeah. Lethal Weapon. Uh, yeah. yeah, but Lethal I, Weapon's a good movie. Lethal Weapon Two is a really good movie. They're both. I think it. Really yeah. Good I don't know if I can say that because I think there's too many movies in the 80s that, that get all cross genre. Like, I mean, Robocop? Well, uh, Robocop, Predator. I mean, and I don't know if they're better than Die Hard. No, but Predator is pretty damn good. Predator is <laughs> good, but it's not Die Both Hard. Both directed by John it, McTiernan. It depends on what mood I'm in, though, guys. right? It depends on what mood I'm in. Because the problem with Die Hard is if I want a stupid over-the-top action movie, it can't be Die Hard. No. Alan Rickman's too damn good. Well, and also there's emotion in it. I mean, there's if I want, as my dad would uh, used to say, uh, if I want explosions, it ain't Die Hard. I mean, Die Hard has explosions, but it also has emotion and you know, oh, everything that's going on and all of that stuff. And like you said, Alan Rickman, that's when I need Predator. <laughs> God, I love Predator. <laughs> I love Predator. I love Robocop. Anyway, moving around along, we're not here to talk about those movies. We got to get through our Bruce Willis things. Uh, in Country is based on a famous book written by who? Bobby James? Ann Mason. Bobby, I've got the poster to In Country. Uh, the book, the movie did not nail the book. Uh, the problem with the book, though, is, and I'll be honest, I haven't, I, I saw the movie once on television. I bought the poster because it's Bobby Ann Mason, and one day I'd love to meet her and have her sign, sign it, though I'd love to know what she thinks about the movie. But the movie itself is about a teenage girl, and let's play the older brother in the movie. 
her older brother's a Vietnam vet, and mm-hmm. it's more or less about them taking a trip to the wall. Yeah. But they're both obsessed with MASH, and it's how he deals with his war memories is by watching MASH, and that's very hard to adapt to a film. But the book, he, he quotes MASH a lot because it's his way of getting through his PTSD and all these other issues and stuff like that, and that's the book. Um, but Bobby Ann Mason is A, a phenomenal writer. B, I'm shocked more people haven't adopt, adapted works by Bobby Ann Mason. Um, a great, great author. But uh, yeah, so the book, uh, the, the fact that they cast Bruce Willis, I would actually say that's relatively good casting. I just think it was hard to adapt that particular book into a film. Anybody else got anything? No, well, it was directed by the great Norman Jewison. Jewison. I've seen it. It doesn't work for me. It didn't work for me when I was young, but I haven't seen it since I was really young. I probably shortly after it came out. So I may feel differently about it now. I, I don't know. The next is Look Who's Talking. <laughs> I saw that in the theater. Um, I mean, is there a lot to say? He's good as the voice of the baby. Yeah, yeah I mean, Look Who's Talking the, movies. The first one was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, it briefly brought John Travolta back before he disappeared again until Pulp Fiction came around. Fiction, but uh, yeah. no, uh, when I was a kid, I liked it. Now, uh, I've watched it recently. I don't really care now but i mean it's still single mother yeah it's it's and bruce Willis is, is good in it that's all i can say about yeah it, i haven't really. seen it in a long time i don't know either i any of them uh, the next is of course die hard to the best of the die hard sequels i hate you so much i hate you i just hate you have i said I, hate it was on again at christmas and i was watching it going well this is a lot of fun <laughs> it's fun i enjoyed it, it makes, i know i'm not bad mouthing bad die makes, hard too i enjoy it it's a good film but it's not the best one uh yeah okay so we're all in agreement that none of us like anything after die hard three right oh god yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay now, hold, on, hold on now which ones live free or die hard after three i know that's the fifth one i think fourth one with captain boomerang no isn't Part four, the one uh, is that live free or die hard with the 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 with Tom Timothy Oliphant. I thought that was live free or die hard is the fourth one. Okay, my fault. That's all right. I'm just here to make sure that we don't go over. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So look who's talking. Then there's the 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 abortion known as the bonfire of the vanities, one of the biggest uh, failures in Hollywood history. I mean, we had. Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, directed by Brian De Palma, based on the best-selling novel, and it all went to shit. So much so that it was going crazy. What movie got uh, just got no attention to it and was just able to be whatever it wanted to be and then came out and failed as well? Do you gentlemen remember? No. You remember Bill Sandell? Nothing but trouble. Dan Aykroyd had no <laughs> one watching over him as he was doing his little Vulcanvania movie. Remember? Oh, yeah, was, yeah, remember the studio forgot, forgot. was busy with the with the what was happening on Bonfire of the Vanity. Forgot. I forgot all about that story. I yes. ha- it just I it just stuck in my head. And have you guys ever seen it? I have tried to get through it. It is hard. Um, the so only no, part of it I remember that didn't suck is Morgan Freeman as the judge screaming at them at the end. 
Yeah. Uh, I, and all I remember is the big tracking shot of Bruce Willis getting out of the limo and then him grabbing a big thing of, of salmon off a plate and just eating it, which was, I thought, one of the grossest things I'd ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. So what year are we at in his career? And this would be 1990. Okay. I mean, he's a, he's, I wouldn't call him an overnight success, but you got to think it's 1990. He's already been Die Hard and Die Hard 2 and all these other things. And on top of that, he didn't start moonlighting to 85. Yeah. That's pretty quick. So he's going fast. He's going fast. I mean, the next after that is Mortal Thoughts. Have you guys ever seen that? No. Uh, it's tough to watch. He's a, it's directed by Alan Rudolph and he, Demi Moore and Glenn Headley are in it. And they conspire to try to kill him. One's his girlfriend and one's it's anyway, it's not a, I don't remember liking it, but once again, I haven't seen it in years, but it really gives us to the movie that Chad really wants to talk about because 91, he had four well, films come out. Mortal thoughts is one of them. Go ahead. What well, that 91. Yeah. He, he also had something else going on. What? There's four he movies. Would, he would be working with Robert Earl, uh, along with Sylvester Stallone, Demi Moore, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Whoopi Goldberg, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Don Johnson, Cindy Crawford, Melanie Griffith, Tom Arnold, Wesley Snipes, Danny Glover, John Hughes, and Roseanne Barr all were involved in Planet Hollywood in 1991. Robert Earl being the mastermind behind it. The yeah, I, th- I thought honestly, I thought it was Kurt Russell or no, was it Bruce Willis, uh, Schwarzenegger, and uh, yeah. Stallone? They were the big ones, the ones that they really amped up. But other holding, I, other I, other people that had endorsement deals that included stock were Whoopi Goldberg, Don Johnson, John Claude Van Damme, Cindy Crawford, Melanie Griffith, Tom Arnold, Wesley Snipes, Any Glover, John Hughes, and Roseanne Barr. Because I, I didn't still, know it was that many people. Either. Yeah, I didn't know it was either. But I just I, remember- but it's probably because in 1991, who would I have cared about? The action stars. Which yeah, would have been. Well, I think those are the only ones that took up the most of the press. And, yeah. and I still remember, I'm assuming it was Entertainment Tonight. I still remember Entertainment Tonight doing a segment with Bruce Willis as he was talking about this restaurant and him eating Captain Crunch fried chicken. And going, God, that sounds good. I wanted to try that so bad. <laughs> Of course, they they stopped serving it probably like within six months of the restaurant being open. That was one of uh, when I actually, for the first time, got to go to a Planet Hollywood when I was uh, in college. I'm like, I'm finally getting that Captain Crunch chicken, and I was devastated to find out they no longer had it on the menu. (laughs) True story. Realized by the way how how big that got for a while, where they also had their own spinoff of an ice cream company. Um, which was, uh, hold on, what was their asking company called? Because they also had a, they spun it off for a while into a sports one, which was called the official All-Star Cafe, which was a sport one. Uh, they briefly had a Marvel Comics theme, one that only lasted a year called Marvel Mania. Um, but then the other, their ice cream was Cool Planet Cafe. And the slogan was, where ice cream is the star. Hmm. So yeah, right. so Hudson Hawk. Never heard of it. Uh, God, I I really, really, really do love this film. You and Christy Lewis. Is it the uh, best film of all time? No. no. Is it the second best film of all time? Probably. <laughs> it's because they're not even close. 
<laughs> it I is to go back. Can't, so I here, let me look and see if it's streaming because I detested this movie. Like most I have, I have a copy. I have a copy. It's on Netflix. Um, no, I, 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 it is corny as hell. It makes no sense. It is just straight up goofball. That but opening Bruce, great. Yeah, and Bruce Willis and D- Danny Aiello are a perfect combination. They play off each other so well in that film. Um, and then the villain, who's, oh my God, why, why am I picking on the name? Somebody help me. Oh, I had it. Uh, uh, Richard, Richard, Grant. Richard, Richard Grant. Richard Grant's one of the best actors of all time. Oh no. Yeah. My internet's a little unstable. Me. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're noticing. Well, hold uh, on, hold on. I'm checking. Yeah. Oh, no, it looks. I'm fine. holding. All right, go. Yeah, so, sorry now. about that. Richard Grant's no, one of the, the best the... actors of all time. Why are we pausing? James, yeah, okay. I, no, I was sitting. I mean, I'm fine. But James yeah, no, Joe's all Joe Joe's on Twitter pated. Oh, I have no idea. I have full bars. Sorry about that. So, let me write down. Well, maybe at. if you didn't empty all the bars you alcoholic you talk better and everything so everything I'm so say, yeah can i say this one more time yeah yeah richard grant's one of the best actors i think the internet is trying to prevent you from doing that because every time you start is when it freezes okay well anyway i like richard grant yes uh so 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 i can say it is one of the best character actors of all time um but yeah, uh, and uh, the only thing that, that 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 troubles me about that film is Andy Andy McDowell. Uh, she, she's not over great in that film, but everybody else around her picks it up. But yeah, it is just a straight goofball film, and 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 Bruce Willis just at putting his comedy chops into it. I hate that it was it got such poor uh, poor reception when it came out. It has a cult following now, um, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, it still just does not get the, the 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 respect that I think it does for what it is, and I just I just love Hudson Hawk, James. Well, real quick, and, and the thing about Hudson Hawk, do you think anybody else has as random a career as the director of Hudson? Hawk? Um, Michael Lehman, yeah, I Michael actually Lehman, really yeah. liked a couple of his movies. One in particular, well, I enjoyed The Truth About Cats and Dogs. It's a really well made. Uh, well, that's what I mean. He rom com. He, Heathers is what a lot of people know him for, but mm-hmm. he did Heathers and then 40 Days and 40 Nights, as Joe said, the truth about cats and dogs, Hudson Hawk, Meet the Apple Gates, Airheads, which we've mentioned before. Yeah. And because I said so, TV wise, he worked on The West Wing, The Larry Sanjo, Watching Ellie, Century City, Big Love, which my wife loved, True Blood, Californication, Wonderfalls. Uh, white famous. Which Are you going to read all these, James? Yeah, especially when American it's Horror Story, Snowfall, Veronica Mars, and Sixty Eight Whiskey. But all I can think about is, of all those, I like Hudson Hawk. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, do. I mean, I know Heathers is oh Heathers, but I don't I think care. The Apple Gates is a truly bizarre film. If you ever get a chance to watch it, that's yeah, that's <laughs> it's, that, it, 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 you'll either get into it or you're going to think it's awful. You yep. know what his, uh, by the way, real quick, I know we're not talking about Lehman, but you know what led him to directing Hudson Hawk and all his films, how he got started in the industry? No. Answering phones for, for Francis Ford Coppola. Zo- is it Zotro? Zotro? Zotro. American Zotro? Yeah. yeah. 
He he was he 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 had made a student film called. Um, let me get this correct because he's convinced this is what got him a career. The Beaver gets a boner. Yep. Was his student film at USC, and that got him a job answering phone. So yeah, no, I yeah, I, I you know I'm surprised with the the trio of 1991 of of the movie that we haven't mentioned uh, with Hudson Hawk, Mortal Thoughts, and Bonfire of the Vanities just being bad successful bad bombs that bruce willis was still able to continue yeah the last boy scout would be the neck which also came out in 91 which is i i love that i like that film a lot i still do i haven't seen it in a long time it was a really it's a really dark movie it is and he is just a terrible human being there's nobody really redeeming in that film as i remember it yeah no mm -mm. okay Uh, except for except for except for the little girl played by Daniel, um, Daniel Harris, yeah, they know, uh, yeah, everybody's terrible in that film. Do you so, think one of the challenges with Hudson Hawk is that it didn't have a a writer? Uh, that's always the challenge. I, I was watching. It, I mean, the story was by Robert Kraft, who's a musician, yeah, and a, and and a good Willis. musician, and Bruce Willis. Now, now, screenplay was by Daniel Waters and D'Souza, but if you're starting with a story there's actors that can write don't get me wrong and i'm not and i like this is me saying i like hudson hawk that being said do you think one of the challenges was that it's a little uneven because it didn't start well yeah organically the 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 first activate movie is a lot of fun where they're singing he and daniello are singing a song to keep time as they rob he's a kid would you like to it's 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 wonderful and then the rest of the movie is nothing like that no (laughs) right it's nothing yeah. like that it's, it's crazy it's, over the top it's yeah it's it's several different movies in the one has a great a great cast though i mean bruce willis obviously leading the cast but like you said danny Aiello, aiello james coburn so moving along because we we're only in the 90s yeah we're at this also on billy bathgate and the player uh but this is a movie that once again was not a huge hit as kind of Zemeckis's first it wasn't a bomb but it was not a huge hit for Zemeckis either see I thought it was look it up it's not a big movie I trust you but yeah I thought it was a big success becomes her that's one that I think people either love or like man because I'm man and people I know love it and I haven't seen it in a long time I, I apparently I'm not the I'm not the case I don't I don't I I enjoy the film um it's not one that I would I go and revisit frequently I, I like the Bruce Willis is one of the he's the odd man out I love the combination of Goldie Hawn and Meryl Street I mean it, they they played off well one another as rivals yeah but yeah Bruce it's Willis dark, was just another there. dark movie yeah Bruce Willis was just there with a really crazy mustache yeah, it's another dark movie. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about it. It has some great effects in it. Yeah. He has one of the best cameos, and it's, I'm glad IMDb has it. And I forgot he's on credit. He's actually the him, and uh, there's two other scenes in Loaded Weapon 1 that are hilarious, but when they blow up the trailer and it's him that comes out at Loaded Weapon 1, go, no, down there. <laughs> <laughs> that and when he goes i've got this burning itching sensation because your damn foot's on fire oh. are my two things that i remember i don't think shatner's funny in that him and the in the fish thing with it his mouth but tim but curry's I, funny i am sorry but tim curry would you like to buy some cookies that, that <laughs> does it for you 
that does it for no you? no i'm just saying it's one of the many things one of the few a lot one of the shining moments in that movie of a court and along with the other two that you mentioned right <laughs> it is great. i haven't seen it in forever it's right here in my head it's hilarious <laughs> It's mm. hilarious. Actually, Charlie Sheen has a kind of another funny cameo in that with me. Yeah. Okay. Striking distance. What a piece of shit. Where he plays his Tom, character's name. Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. <laughs> it's just yeah. a bad movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. No, uh, we could even, we can just breeze right by it. it is yeah. I, I've chatted uh, James. Have you even seen it? He's a cop uh, investigating murders. It's oh, I'm sure. Because it's a movie that starred Bruce Willis. And, and literally, once again, let me remind you of my father's guide for running movies. Does it look like it might have an explosion? In it? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. But it is directed by Rowdy Harrington, though, the guy who brought us Roadhouse and Roadhouse. Gladiator. Roadhouse. 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 <laughs> and Not he, the good Gladiator you're thinking about either audience. No, no, no. That would be the superior stuff. one with Brian Dennehy. Oh, that and Cuba is not the Jr. superior one. <laughs> All right, Pulp Fiction is <laughs> the most. I've said this in my opinion. Pulp Fiction is the most influential film in the last 25, 30 years. Yeah. He's fantastic as Butch the boxer in it. I don't have. I, once again, we've talked about. We, we talked about it in about depth. It yeah, we can yeah, easily. Yeah. But yeah, if it, who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. He he. That movie would unfortunately like I said john travolta gets a lot of the credit samuel L. jackson and john travolta get yeah. due respect for that movie it brought john and travolta thurman. back yeah, yeah, yeah. in uma thurman and it it made samuel L. jackson a mega star yeah but bruce willis's performance is largely overlooked and i agree it's an amazing performance i agree i i completely agree with you i and he's also good in the next movie i want to talk about uh, one of my favorite paul newman performances nobody's fool Oh, you skipped over three. Okay. Skipped over three? Yeah, you skipped over uh, well, they're not they're they're the lesser films of of North <laughs> Color of Night. Oh, I did skip over North and Color of Night. Have you ever seen yeah. Color of Night, Chad? I have yes. I have too. You see Bruce Willis's wanker. That movie cost so much ninety-four. It was insane. And for what that movie is, you're like, why did it now? It, it, well, did it come in 1917? Did they have two different cuts of it? Because you see her naked a lot in it. Does that ring true that they had two different edits of that? It sounded like he said, "It said, did you see her neck? I heard Naples. And I was Sorry. like, Naples? I, I mean, Naples. I've never been to Naples. I've heard it's stuff." Got I, for some odd reason, guys, my internet is full bars and it's saying that I'm having trouble. So, anyway, yeah, no, so anyway, but yeah, no, I never understood again. It's just that so delicate, we can't handle anything that's and it, it's not that controversial if you look at it today. Fred Durst, not. it just has a lot of nudity. I, it may have been R in the theater and came out unrated on video, that may be what I'm remembering. Maybe. Chad, so what you're saying, though, what Chad's saying is this is pretty much a movie where Chad wants to look at old people and say, okay, Boomer. I mean, I can give you the, the synopsis of it. I mean, there's a bunch of people. They're in a self-help group. One of them's a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to figure out which one's the murderer. Yeah. He's yeah, a narrator it's... in North. North is damn near unwatchable. Oh, or God. Not so if... almost unwatchable. I will say this, though. I watch for some reason we were bored that couldn't find anything and me and the kids watched north and they loved it and i'm like oh my god who am i raising oh I, you know what but north has like 
North has such a great cast. Mm -hmm. And there's some good performances in it, but the movie itself is just... Oh, yeah, uh, no, uh, and to, I am so know, it could argue that uh, Tom Hanks stole his performance for Polar Express. <laughs> Tom Hanks stole his performance from what? <laughs> but Tom Hanks's uh, performance in Polar Express was a ripoff of uh, of uh, Bruce Willis's performance in North. <laughs> I don't remember. Is it is that true? No, it's just no. Bruce Willis is playing multiple characters oh, in the film, as guiding a narrator. Okay, as a, you're making yeah, a yeah. joke. Okay, yeah. Sorry, that's but okay. That, I went, didn't over, that went over like a lead balloon. Anyway, nobody's so yeah, full. Let's get to nobody's full, which <laughs> really is really good movie. Yeah, uh, God, it's an amazing film. Yeah, it's Paul. Uh, Paul, it's probably Paul Newman's last great performance. I'm not taking anything away from Cars, but uh, that's probably the last great performance we got from him he's just an older guy who screwed up his family his dad screwed him up and he's trying to make amends with his son and bruce willis in a small in a small town bruce willis is a contractor his wife's melanie griffith and paul newman keeps hitting on her and she shows her boobies to him in the end yeah yeah. Uh, I mean, I gave you the it, plot, and nobody's. It's a much better yeah. film. It's so much more in depth than that. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it it's a movie that captures a small town in the dead of winter. Yeah, lower class, maybe. I would, I would definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's the there is the upper. You do see a little bit of the upper class, but it's mostly lower class people who are just there, uh, living their life. Um, it's a great film. I, I mean, I it's maybe one of the top. 10 if you had to make me make a list it would be one of my top 10s really um and yeah god, god i love nobody because i don't want it at any point in time. all that right ed wood roger rabbit okay i am oh. going to pause real quick and see if i can fix this internet so are we are we yep we're back we're, we're back. back combination of the air shield sorry about that but we're back to fight the evil so die hard with the vengeance is next okay i love die hard with the vengeance i really do and bruce bruce willis and samuel l jackson's pairing in that i love they did play off each other perfectly but and sadly they'll never work together again Shh. he doesn't know about the other movies joe no i just really like die hard with the vengeance because not only is bruce great in that film playing john mcclain way better I, I again i know it's I, I like his performance as John McClane better than in Die Hard 2. Yeah. Because again, he's he's getting his ass kicked. He's not the best cop. He's drunk. He's he's just doing what he can to get by while this man is tormenting him. Also, the other reason I like Die Hard with the Vengeance is I love how it captures New York, Manhattan. I mean, I just love it. Oh, yeah. You like the film that way, but that one time a drunk cop showed up at your house, you were all like, hey, this guy's not professional. Oh, it, it has happened. It was a big hit. John McTiernan returned directed, and it did have Bruce, it did have Sam Jackson. Yeah, and and uh, oh my God, villain Jeremy Jer Irons. Yeah. Jeremy Irons is a great villain in that. That's I mean, the poor man's Alan Rickman. Oh, you're probably right. Close. I, have, I have seen jeremy irons uh, mail in a few uh, performances i've never seen alan rickman mail in a performance once again though you mentioned jeremy irons and because my mind is a rolodex of of simpsons and family guy i immediately go to this is jeremy irons cereal 
it tastes like cardboard. If you're looking for the prize inside, there is none. I'm Jeremy Irons. Next was, as we're going through some of these, and we may want to skip a couple of them, gentlemen. Yeah, especially yeah, for the sake of time. But yeah. Um, four rooms. Four rooms. Yeah, he. the best one of those is actually the one directed by Tarantino. There are four segments. and, and that's Which one's directed by Tarantino? The Man from Hollywood. Yep. Yep. And he uh, did it uncredited. I don't remember that one. I just rem- Is that the last one where they're in the room? Okay, yeah, that's the one where the, yeah, that's the one where they cut off the finger. And Bruce Willis is great in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, trying to convince Tim Roth to do it. I mean, yeah. I, I, I love that. That's the only, that is the only segment of that film that I enjoy. I kind of like the first one with the witches, but yeah, there's, and then there's the one directed by Rodriguez, right? With the yeah, kid. about the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next is 12 Monkeys. Is one of you want to talk about 12 Monkeys? So I like 12 Monkeys, but I don't have an attachment to it. Well, Monkeys is a great twist on time travel that we had not seen before. Not in that way. Time travel had been played as comedy. Time travel had been played as science fiction. But this is, it's done differently. And so, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I do think it did something. It was a hit. Terry Gilliam was another hit. I will say, I think it's a movie that, that did something we hadn't seen time travel films, mainstream time travel films do before. And so I give it credit. It was, it was, it was an experience to watch. And a lot yeah, of, especially with Bruce Willis's performance in that as well. I mean, but uh, that's another one that gets overshadowed by a guy that got nominated. Didn't, didn't Brad, uh, he got nominated, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brad, uh, shit. Why can't I think of uh, the actor's name? Superstar. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Nominated, Brad right? Pitt. Yeah. I've actor. already said, I've already said it. Yeah, Did I said Brad Pitt get even... nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that, Chad? Yeah, I just said that. Did you not hear anything? Did Brad Pitt get a nominated for Best Joe, Actor of All Time in the Best he, Movie? He sure did. But you he know was what? in Highlander? Standing with Tim Allen. But you know what? You know what didn't get nominated? Bruce Willis's performance as being so drugged up that the drool is just literally just dripping down to his chin yep. to the floor. That is an amazing shot. <laughs> yep. So you're going to... Are you, are you guys going to talk about Last Man Standing? It is the oh, best. God. It is the best third it's a version. Yojimbo, Yo Jimbo, right? Yeah, I'd say yes. it's the best third level descent of Yojimbo ever. Because you've got Yojimbo, that's that's Generation One. Then you have the Clint Eastwood version as a Western, and then then you get this version, which is a gangster film. And it's a oh man, it's so great. It's just gangsters in a in a in a country western town. Yeah, for, with for some I can watch it because I don't have a lot of great memories of it. Oh, I is, like, oh the I problem do. is the problem is Joe. I think is that if you've seen mm-hmm. Yojimbo and you've seen, you know, um, oh shoot, why am I blanking on the Clint Eastwood? Uh, uh, um, Good, the bad, and the ugly. No, that uh, the, a fistful of dollars. 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 Yeah, my. See, God, you're laughing I... at my mule, and my mule doesn't like it when you laugh at my mule. Anyway, the problem is if you've seen those, you know every hit that movie's going to make, especially if you've seen a fistful of dogs. Yeah. It is, oh, I mean, it is bam, bam, bam. And so my dad loved action films, so I watched it with my dad, and he literally, my dad even said, I mean, it's good, but it's literally a fistful of dogs. Now, my dad never saw YouTube, <laughs> but my dad was like, well, it is. Americans hadn't. Yeah. 
but my dad was like it is every part of a fistful of dollars i'm like yeah that is exactly it's just gangsters instead of cowboys uh but it's got christopher walken and of course i'll watch anything with christopher walken it's written directed by walter hill i think the story behind that and i literally don't look this up but i think if i remember correctly is when walter hill got a hold of it it might have been science fiction same story set in science fiction and then he moved it to that it's the 20s right yeah 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 it's a it's a it's a two two gangs trying to control the the rum coming in from from, yeah it's yeah rum alcohol sorry i need to go back Uh, and rewatch it it's i i it's not by far a a perfect film but it is an entertaining film with the gun battles and bruce willis just playing a slimy you know guy looking out for money all right yeah so let's go over a couple of the voices not so much but I know this is one of Chad's favorite. I can't remember if it's one of James's favorite. Chad, what is it? Beavis and Butthead do America. No, Fifth Element. Oh, Fifth oh Element. sorry. I, let's I, let's briefly talk about his role as Muddy and he Beavis. Beavis, Beavis and, he does a good job. And, he does a good job as his drunk redneck. Uh, you know, him him slamming them in that apartment in that hotel room is amazing. But yeah, no, Fifth Element is one of my is one of my I favorite science Fifth fiction Element. films. So are, it never quite works for me. Are I you? Uh, night. Is there any humans in there? No, sir. I am a meat popsicle. It's <laughs> a great line. I love Gary Col- Gary Colbin. <laughs> Gary Old. <laughs> oh my I god! Gary that Colbin would have been a villain. different movie. Oh my god! I love Gary Oldman as the villain in that. Yeah. So the problem is with Bruce Willis. It's Bruce Willis playing Bruce Willis, but he is overshadowed by Gary Oldman. Chris Tucker being extra annoying. Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich is really good in it. She's really good in it. And Bruce Willis is just Bruce Willis with really platinum blonde hair and some weird kind of orange vest. Dallas um, Corbin. Corbin Dallas. Yeah. Corbin Dallas. Yeah. So multipass. Um, no, got- I, I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, Fifth Element is beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful science. I, I love it. It's, it's, it's nice to look at. As well, as well as it tells an interesting well, story. Well, and it was, I mean, it was designed by a comic artist, right? It was designed by Mobius. Yeah. He was one of the, yeah, but. And, I mean, and uh, I, Jean-Claude Mazers, I'm sure I mispronounced that, sorry, but. Um, it was directed but, by Luke Besson, and Luke Besson had wrote the original story for that when he was a kid. Yeah. It was originally, it was the most expensive European film ever made when it was released because it had a $90 million budget, but it went back to make that back pretty easily. Yeah. You know, no, I just, yeah, we could talk about it all day, but we're tired of talking about Bruce Willis. And, all right. But Bruce, yeah. Go ahead. No, just, I just really it, love Fifth Element. Well, as I was saying, I think Fifth Element is one of those iconic performances. Not necessarily by Bruce Willis. It's an iconic film, right? Like, if you hold a gun to my head and say, name Bruce Willis films, I don't think it's going to be in my top five. Yep. Because it does work so well for me. All right. Let's skip around, Joe. What do you want to go to next? The Jackal, I didn't care for. It's No. No. Pass. I I thought the Jackal Mercury Rising is another sucky movie. Yeah. Yep. We already talked about the Armageddon. Yep. Did you guys ever see The Siege? I did. I did. Yeah. Again, it's not. I've never it's seen not, it. Oh, oh really? really? No, I've never seen it's, it. I saw it. That Denzel in it. Yeah, I was gonna say I saw it, and I can't tell you much about it because I remember seeing it, and going, "Well, this is interesting," but that's it. I mean, it yeah. was, it's nothing memorable about it to me. 
Chad may uh, feel different. There, no, there is there is nothing uh, memorable about uh, Bruce Willis is just this hard general who is willing to you know trap everybody for for his, for his country. And Denzel Washington is it's actually a Denzel Washington led vehicle. So yeah, um, the siege is with it, Tony Shalhoub as his Lebanese partner. And is Annette Benning in that as well? I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, it's it's yep. a it's a it's not a very memorable film. So let's let's move on. It's up. a 1998 film about a terrorist cell, which was completely irrational to think that a terrorist cell would ever affect New York City. <sighs> oh, Breakfast of Champions came out in 1999 and was a bomb. It's directed by Alan Rudolph, but it's also based on the book by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. Kurt Vonnegut. I've actually never seen it or read the book. Yeah, I must admit, I, I've not seen it. I've never seen the movie. And I but like I, Kurt I, Vonnegut. I, I, now, I now want to see it. Yeah. Then you get a movie that, that once again, you think, oh, my God, how does he survive all these bombs? And The Sixth Sense comes out in 1999. Yeah. And he's good in it. He's good in it and does – he underplays it and does a really good job. I've yeah, never there's... seen the story of uh, – have I seen the story of us? That's him and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, it's directed yeah. by Rob Reiner. So yeah, no. Years of marriage. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, nobody. I prefer one. I prefer one fine day. There, there's your George Clooney. Where I prefer George Clooney. I do prefer one fine day. Yeah, the whole nine yards. <laughs> That's a movie, by the way, that I was never a huge fan of. That was a success that a lot of people like. Yeah, I like yeah. whole nine yards. I like it. Uh, I, it's one of the tolerable performances of Matthew Perry. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> i like matthew perry i like matthew perry sir i think he is one of the uh the best of the friends you know he is the best friend that's there's no argument there that he is the yeah. best friend but that's saying a lot i don't know i i, I uh, like every sitcom he tried to do afterwards because they're all dark and sarcastic and they never catch on but i've loved everyone yeah no, uh, the, but yeah, Bruce Willis's performance in the whole nine yards where he's just this slick hit, this slick hit man, you know, and, and the sequel where he loses, he completely loses his shit. I, it, I, that those two pair well to one another and Bruce Willis, a great, good performance in the whole nine yards. So next is the kid. I've never seen it. I enjoy the kid. Disney really do. directed by John Turtletop. And he's great in that. Uh, he is. I, it's one of those movies that a lot of people don't recognize. Um, I, yeah, I'd have to. Uh, he meets a younger version of himself. You ever hear of Shatterday? Yeah, he Shatterday. This movie is not on Disney Plus, even though it's a Disney film. I wonder why. I don't know. I never looked it up. I but um, but no, uh, the kid. Uh, I will say this: one of the truly, it's one. It has one of those scenes that actually made me cry it's at the end um i'm not going to spoil anything away but he uh it he has to he he sees a scene from his childhood and he pulls so much away without saying a word that shows his his talent as an actor especially in a cheesy film as the kid where he just stares at what's happening and you see the absolute heartbreak in his eye in his face it, it shows it shows his his talent so well, and go. joe by the way just fyi alluding to what we it was written by uh audrey wells mm -hmm. and audrey wells also wrote the truth about cats and dogs she sadly passed away shortly uh uh the hate you give she wrote uh but she passed away before it came out she died of cancer in 2018 she was it, only 58 years old that's that's unfortunate but it's also directed by john turtletop and if you all didn't know who that is he directed national treasure films 
which James hates. No. And Meg, which Meg, by the way, is more fun than it has any right to be with Jason Statham. So let's move on before James just bashes about. If you say one bad word about National Treasure, those films are delight. I I don't care (laughs) for it either. I'm I'm with Jed on this. I don't don't understand the appeal. Well, I'm sorry, but you're breakable. No, I didn't say I never breakable. I never said I hated National Treasure. Let's get that off the record. Unbreakable. Unbreakable is, I know people love the Sixth Sense, but as a comic book fan, Unbreakable was mine. It's my favorite. It's my favorite M. Night Shyamalan film. Yeah. Except for that last three minutes, gentlemen. Well, no, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, if you're a that's... comic book fan, it was there was no spoiler no, there. It's not that. It's once that stops and it starts talking about and he was put into prison and blah 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 blah, ruins it. That movie needs to no. end with "I am Mr. Glass." Glass. Now I agree. Yeah, it needed to end. Yeah, they didn't need that. They didn't. And then need there's a the whole thing in the that, and it it's horrible. Horrible. Like is it like it's a like it's a real biopic? Yeah, it's bullshit, awful. Yeah, you know? but I agree with you, but Bruce, but Bruce Willis is. I am Mr. Class. But again, it's and it's and it's something about M Night Shyamalan films where it's Bruce Willis plays these quiet characters who you can see just by by his looks well, and his 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 facial expressions that he's a suffering character. Well, that that, that great scene where he you know he first goes out superheroing so to speak but where he's just standing and he's trying to pick up on something yeah he's touching to, him and he's out there with the the raincoat on and and all that it's just a great scene because it gets to i don't know it, it, it's effective oh, for me but the scene and the scene where bruce where his son is holding a gun to him yeah saying i'm going to prove this and bruce willis is just sitting there quietly calmly calmly talking to him yeah it, great performance i that, that scene alone i think outweighs his performance in six Sense. i haven't watched it in a long time i need to go back and rewatch it i know i didn't care for the one with all three of them in it yeah oh god i hated glass yeah glass was terrible yeah so next is uh bandits bandits i like quite a bit i do too Bob thornton yeah no it's and and uh, uh oh my Bruce. god yeah, Directed Kate Blanchett. Barry Levinson, yeah. Barry Levinson, yeah, no, Bandits is a great film, and those two play off well. One, I love I love Bruce Willis giving his hypochondriac brother grief. Because yep. I did that. <laughs> Hearts War, I've never seen. No. Grand Champion, anybody? Tears of the Sun, these are all. Tears of the Sun, uh, I did see. I saw it in theaters. Uh, it was my, uh, we were soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but it's it's interesting because Tears of the Sun he actually produced himself. It came out through his production company, which was Cheyenne Enterprises. Uh, and one of the interesting footnotes about it: it's not a movie you're going to remember. If I remember anything about it, I think they have to get an American doctor out of a hospital before it gets ransacked by you know the war that's approaching it to it. Um, but uh, he actually used uh sudanese sudanese refugees to make it more realistic so he actually get you know so there you go all right he's a dog and regrets go wild yeah we're good there yeah the whole 10 yards we talked about yeah um since go ahead no go ahead hostage i'm forgettable movie yes but sin city 
Sin City. John Hardigan, he plays so well. He does a good uh, job. And yeah. it's the narration work. Sometimes narration is terrible. See the original version of Blade Runner. Uh, <laughs> but his narration, as he beats himself up in his own narration. Yeah. Stupid old man, stupid, you know, and, and he, he, and he's a flawed character, but he does it so well. Lucky number, I'm going to skip Alpha Dog and go to Lucky Number Slap. Yeah. Movie I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I prefer to talk about the movie after that. Yes, 16, 16 blocks. 16 blocks. Richard Donner's last film. Yeah. That's just a solid, <clears throat> I don't mean this in a bad way. It's just a solid, good B movie. Yeah. yeah. Bruce Willis is a cop who's at, at, his, at his end. He's, he's done. He's yeah. ready. He's just cashing in the checks at this point. And he's given a task. So th- there's a bunch of them here. Does anybody want to talk about anything till we get to the Die Hard? I want to talk about Over the Hedge because it's kind of been forgotten, but it it's an animated movie and my kids love it. And it's one of those that you watch and you go, how did this not get a sequel or something? How did this not? Gary Shandling, unfortunately, passed away. Uh, but the voice talent on Steve it. Carell is hammy. Hammy. I don't know why I remember that, but um, but it's got a great cast. I mean, you've got uh, it's got William Shatner, it's got Wanda Sykes, Nick Nolte, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Average Levine. Uh, she loves it when you call her that. I know. Well, like she knows who I am. Like she's like, did he call me that again? Crying into piles of money, I would assume. Uh, but I mean, I, I think you know Bruce Willis plays the con artist role in that. The, and he does it so well and it's an anime it's for kids but you still can see him in that role so i wanted to mention that even when he does a voiceover work if he does it well he does it well and so if you've never seen over the hedge watch it it's it there's commentary about humanity in general on that but it's it's well done yeah all uh, right so go ahead chad no i'm good what are we going to what uh, free or die hard what a terrible movie uh man yeah no it's not good kevin smith talks about being on set and having to rewrite a scene and it's a long story and look it up but he uh, he talks about bruce willis are making the comment because uh oh who's the act timothy oliphant who's a fantastic Tim actor who's yeah. just completely miscast in that picture completely miscast in that movie talking about timmy tends to we already have problems because timothy's playing the bad guy's a pussy <laughs> and by the way go back and watch it these are these are it's not cool it's not working it doesn't work it's not uh it's not alan rickman it's not william sadler it's not jeremy no. irons no it's he, none of those and it just is bad casting and doesn't work yeah and the movie sucks too yeah it's terrible terrible surrogates plot. i've never i don't know i'd say surrogates out on dvd and you want to talk about mm-hmm. a a movie that should have worked or would have worked but just doesn't somehow it misses it's a great idea that we live in a world where we don't go out we send out a surrogate that looks like us but then somebody is murdered and how does that happen and but it just doesn't it doesn't hit the way it should yeah it's directed by jonathan mosell who directed a breakdown which is one of my favorite kurt russell performances all right so i'm gonna once again i don't cop out as well what's the last one red red's a lot of fun yeah red i was about to say red is great i enjoy red obviously he cameos in the expendables but red and the other one actually i would say joe his last one that i would mention i want to say looper 
blooper. Yeah. And I, I'm looking through it, and I mean, there's Death Wish was probably the last big film. Death Wish. Oh, was- no, no. There's one more I've got to mention. Chad, how did we forget this one? Speaking of Ed Norton, Motherless I hadn't Brooklyn. got there. I hadn't got there yet. I was yeah, but no, Motherless, Motherless Brooklyn. Brooklyn is the last movie I saw. That I was like, God, he, he he and he's not a major role in it, but he is the he's the cornerstone of that movie. Yeah, he's what he's the driving force of what what Lee he, he what? compels Edward Norton. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and his performance is great in that teaching Edward. You know, he's the only one that respects him. You know, he takes care of Edward Norton, who is a a just a, a man with Tourette's who's trying to get by in the 1920s in the 1920s when nobody knew what it was called or nobody knew what it was they and it was just you were a freak I mean yeah, it you, was freak. you belonged in a freak show and he gives him and he, he he learns what tricks he can do and he helps him get through it but he he idolizes Bruce Willis's character and then through a series of events some of which he blames on himself when Bruce Willis is lost yeah dies and he has to figure out you know he's got all these mannerisms and then there's all this and there's a background mystery of why it's called motherless brooklyn and all that and it is probably one of the most compelling because when he tries it's god it's a compelling movie i I really do i bought it on blu-ray when i finally found it and i've i've probably watched it three or four times the soundtrack on it's great but yeah, Mother Brooklyn may be his last great. I, I know it got a theatrical release. Sadly, very few people saw it. But Mother Brooklyn, I may still be. haven't seen it. Oh, God, so it is. You may really hate it, is. Joe. But that being said, it well, I is. Doubt I hate it. I just haven't. I just haven't seen it yet. It is completely character driven. Yeah. yeah, it is not a, like it is a character driven movie, and it's a character study, and it's just God, it works so well. But yeah, that that will probably go down as Bruce Willis's last best performance is Motherless Brooklyn. I haven't um, seen it, but for me, it's Looper. That Looper, Looper is, it's up there. Yeah, it's between Looper and Motherless Brooklyn. It's not Rock the Casbah. Oh God, what a disappointment movie! Disappointing movie that was. <laughs> you know, I still haven't watched it as much as I love Bill Murray. Every time I go to watch it, I'm going to obviously oh, just going to suck. Oh God, it's terrible. Uh, but no, yeah, Looper is. Man, you cannot talk about how amazing can't say enough about Looper. Yeah, Ryan Johnson is one of my favorite filmmakers, and I, and I really like Looper. So we've went a little long on this. Hopefully, we've talked about most of Bruce Willis. I, Bruce Willis's films. There's a bunch on here. We've actually had Stephen C. Miller, who's directed him, and several of the ones that they've talked about, like Marauders and a couple of others. He had nothing wonderful things to say. I mean, you can go back and watch that episode or listen to that episode on Bonehead Bonehead Weekly. Um, Thanks, Bruce. But, I know he'll never listen to this, but I appreciate his. I don't know what to say other than thanks for all the entertainment. I just so many good movies. Yeah. Well, and, and I was about to say so real quick for if you've somehow missed say, this yeah. or don't know what's going on, Bruce Willis has effectively retired. His family made an announcement. He has aphasia, and if you don't know what aphasia is, aphasia is a language disorder. You lose the ability to control language and expression and things like that your comprehension goes down so you may minor cases would be you know you forget an apple's an apple which obviously if you're doing lines of dialogue that's a big problem you have that disconnection now what causes aphasia stroke 
and I know his family has said, to my knowledge, nothing about what caused it, but it can be caused by a variety of things. Stroke is really common. It does affect men and women equally. There's two major types. There's broca facial, which is when the front portion of the language dominant is injured. And then there's what's called Wernicke aphasia. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but that's the side portion of your brain is damaged somehow. It can be caused by stroke. It can be caused by severe infection, fever. If it damages that part of the brain, it can do a lot of damage, brain tumor, uh, certain forms of dementia cause it as well. Um, and so, you know, as, as you think about this, Liam Neeson actually came out, I think, 24 hours ago. It's been within the last day as we're recording this. But he actually was, he, he accepted a script and it, he's proceeding with the movie about a hitman that has memory issues. And he said that it's been hard making it after that news came out because he, he thinks about Bruce Willis. He said he thinks about him every day when he's making this. And, you know, he goes, it's a script about a movie, uh, about a hitman with memory issues but he goes you're making it and you think about somebody that you actually know that's going through something similar where they've had that disconnection um and so you know there's there's all sorts of of parallels that i think about i'll be honest one of the ones that i thought about that hit me hard um and it's not the same thing but we mentioned terry gillum directing but um the uh one of the pythons one of the Terry's. Um, the, Terry Jones. Are you talking yeah. about Terry, I was about to say, where yeah. are you going with this? You're talking about Terry Jones? Yeah, because Terry Jones lost the ability to, to communicate. And I think that's that's a really terrifying thing to happen, not to anyone, to anyone, but also if you've made your career off of communicating and conveying emotion or conveying certain things. So as Joe was saying, you know, Bruce Willis has given us all a lot of entertainment. He's given us a lot of different things. And so as as we think about these people that have entertained us, it's uh, it's a little bit tragic to also think about when that's lost and what that means. And so it's a bummer. All so. right, guys. So this has been Bonehead Weekly. If you have any suggestions on this, you let us know. Send all your hate mail to Chad Jennings. Bonehead Weekly. Bye-bye. Uh-huh.